Hello, I am Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO of TTELT, Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a project of educators worldwide. And I'm here today to talk about our topic of technology for this month with a special guest, Christian Calillo, who has been teaching English as a second language for over 10 years in countries as wide as Korea, the Georgia Republic, Saudi Arabia, China, Japan, and Burkina Faso. He's gonna to talk to us today about the title, Technology Guaranteed to Increase Engagement and Participation in Your English Language Classroom. Welcome, Christiane. Hello, Chris. Again, we have Chris Calio here to talk with us today um, about his joining us from China. Thanks so much for joining us today. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you join us and share with us how technology, as you mentioned, is guaranteed to increase engagement and participation in your English language classrooms. Chris, can you share uh, kind of how and why you've jumped in deep with technology, how it's been so successful for you to engage your English language learners? I think I, I like to use technology and I, I first became interested in using technology in the classroom because it simply just makes it easier. It, in my experience at least, has certainly increased student engagement. Um, it, there's always sort of like a, a wow quality with things like Prezi or a really cool PowerPoint. And most people are at least somewhat attracted to watching some kind of film or television show. So being able to incorporate stuff like YouTube clips or other kind of films has definitely helped me make my classrooms, my classroom teaching more engaging and more participatory and more fun. So basically from the start of my career, I've, I've used technology in the classroom, specifically YouTube videos, films, online games, stuff like that. Super. Um, for our listeners, I think a lot of teachers are intimidated a little bit, if you will, by the amount of YouTubes and films that are out there to choose from. Could you share how you began your journey of choosing and, and what you found to be the best resources for English teachers to use in their classroom? Sure, a, a lot of it is just simply trial and error. Um, a simple Google or YouTube search um, will help. Then you've just got to go down that rabbit hole of looking through all the resources or many of the resources. Um, obviously, you want to give yourself some time to find the good stuff and sort of not look at the bad stuff. Um, but I can remember one story in which I was sort of under a lot of pressure to come up with some sort of um, technology-based activity. And within a few minutes, I was able to find um, an activity. Uh, I was at a, a summer camp in New York City and it was the last day of class and the students who were all um, Italian teenagers, um, they were kind of just sort of done with the class and they just wanted a movie. They kept saying, can we just watch a movie? And I said, sure, fine, we'll watch a movie. So we, we chose the movie to watch for the day. And I came in to the teacher's workroom and 
in big letters on the board, the administrator had written, um, keep movie watching to a minimum today. So I couldn't go into the classroom and just say, okay, watch, watch the movie. So I had to quickly Google like movie activities. So I found a few that day and there are those, some of those activities I continue to use and I even used um, this previous semester. So to answer your question, it, it just takes a little bit of research. Yeah, you're totally right. There's tons of material out there. Some of it's good, some of it's not so good and some of it's quite great. You just have to take a little bit of time to try and find it. Great. So specifically talking about YouTube, what uh, resources have you found most valuable for your English teaching uh, YouTube sites? Because there's a lot out there as well. Which ones have you used the most? Um, I'd say the three that I've used the most, at least since coming to China, um, have been um, something called ingvid.com, and they have their own YouTube channel. Uh, another YouTube channel is called Learn English with Papa Teach Me. And then the final one is called gamesforesl.com. Um, it is a game-based website, but they've got their own YouTube channel. Um, I'm not sure if games are the, the most appropriate word for it, but um, those videos I use as well. So those have probably been the three most common that I've used other than of course, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean is I think definitely an English teacher's uh, best friend because um, his videos are, are perfect for sort of like introducing a topic. Um, for example, if we're ever doing a lesson about going to the dentist or going to the doctor, there's a famous Mr. Bean clip where he goes to the dentist and all chaos and havoc break loose. There's another episode where he's eating a bunch of food in a restaurant. So I like to use that if we're ever talking about food. There's an episode in which he gets a temporary job as a barber. So I like to use that if we're ever talking about jobs. So beyond the three specific websites and YouTube channels I mentioned, I highly recommend using Mr. Bean, even for adult learners, like they often find him quite funny. That's great. Um, can you do any examples of how you've integrated uh, Ingvid was the other one you mentioned at the beginning? Sure, so um, I can think of two examples. One is that um, I've got an 11th grade class now at the school and um, our previous unit was called Identities and the novel we were doing in class is The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. And that's about a protagonist who's very likely on the autism spectrum. So Emma at Ingvid has um, a video in which she talks about which words are appropriate when discussing people with disabilities and which words are not appropriate. So I'd watched that lesson previously and I didn't show the students the clip, I just sort of adapted it for my lesson. So I wrote the words that she had included on my whiteboard and I tried to elicit from my students which words they thought were appropriate to use in English when describing people who have disabilities and which words are not appropriate. Um, for another class uh, in the same school, um, I just simply showed one of her videos. It was a vo another vocabulary based lesson. 
And um, the unit is called You Believe What? with a question mark and an exclamation point. So the topic of the day was kind of like hoaxes and conspiracy theories and things like that. And that's perfect because she happens to have a video about that. So I simply put it on and the students um, just simply took notes on what vocabulary was new for them. I did something similar with the other YouTube channel I mentioned, which is called Learn English with Papa Teach Me. Uh, the same unit, you believe what, uh, we wanted, I wanted to talk with the students about um, religion or religious beliefs. And he has a YouTube video um, about how to talk about religion and what words we use with um, religion discussions. Great, that sounds like great, excellent tips for our teachers out there. So you do listening, reading, writing, and speaking activities. How do you integrate the speaking? You have them do discussions after they listen to the YouTube clips and you give them specific guiding questions to discuss in pairs or small groups, for example? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the anecdote I mentioned at um, in New York City with the Italian students, one of the activities I found was kind of I don't know what to call it in my notes. I just call it back-to-back -back speaking and listening. But basically what you do is um, two students are paired up. One is facing um, the screen and the other is facing the opposite direction. So they're looking at the wall. The teacher needs to turn the volume off. So the speaker will be watching the film and the speaker needs to tell the listener who's behind them what's happening. And then when we're done with that, I ask the listeners to explain what happened based on what they heard from the speakers. And then we watch the clip again with the sound on to check our answers. Um, another way to do, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, another activity is um, we've been talking about um, the future this week in my seventh and eighth grade class. So uh, earlier you had asked me like, well, how do you find these sort of videos? So I think I just went to Google and went, you know, future activities. And I think I found my way to busyteacher.org, which is another great website for English teachers. And they had a series of activities, one of which focused on one of many people's favorite films, which is Back to the Future. And they had recommended using Back to the Future in the classroom. And I had found online a free movie viewing guide for Back to the Future. And somebody had very generously in this film guide created a listening close um, activity. So uh, we did some sort of pre-listening, pre-speaking vocabulary. And then students were paired up. One student had worksheet A, the other had worksheet B. And of course, there were some blanks on each of the students' worksheets. So uh, that meant they had to really listen carefully to the other student. And then once they heard that blank, they would fill it in. And then we watched that scene from Back to the Future. Um, many students always ask me, well, how can I improve my English at home? And, and using films is um, a perfect way um, students can find the script online, they can read the script that can help them with their reading comprehension and grammar and punctuation. They can watch the film with or without subtitles that can help them with their listening and 
speaking and it helps them with their speaking if they're if they go ahead and record themselves um, after they've watched the scene and then sort of compare themselves with the actors and this is one way they can work on pronunciation at home yeah that's great um any other specific movies you found really popular that you repeatedly use or and and finding clips of these movies is that hard to do like you don't usually do the whole movie right you just do clips of them i've never been a proponent of just um sitting the students down and saying watch this movie unless maybe it's the end of the a year or the day before christmas or something like that um yeah we've just sort of um watched different um clips and uh done activities based on that so with my sixth graders we did a lesson on emotions i found a, a viewing guide for the film inside out which is about a, a young girl and uh, her different emotions are represented by characters in her brain so um, i found another viewing guide online just through a simple google search and after the recommended scenes, I could use the discussion questions that the author of that guide had created. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of the Indiana Jones films, so I often use the third film in the series, and I'll often use that for vocabulary or grammar. Um, in the beginning part of that film, um, Indiana Jones is running on a train that happens to have zoo animals, so that's one way we can practice zoo animal vocabulary. Um, a common activity that teachers have been doing for years is they show the clip and then the teacher gives out uh, sentences of what happened in the clip and they're all out of order and then students have to work together to put the sentences in the, in the chronological order. Another thing we did, again, with my seventh and eighth graders, I mentioned how we're talking about the future so I showed another clip in the film in which there's a lot of danger happening and I would pause it once in a while and I would ask my students, okay, what do you think is going to happen next? And they would have to give me one of the four or five future tenses we had been working on to give me a prediction. That's a great idea, yeah. What's the most uh, longest clip you usually use or you tend to do it like 10 minute clips, for example, and then do activities around that? It totally, it totally depends. I mean, um, that clip I had just mentioned with the future uh, activities, that particular clip was only about two minutes, but if you wanted to choose a different part of the film, it could be the action sequences in that film tend to be five to 10 minutes. The opening train race with the animal scene is about 10 minutes. Um, if it's more of a discussion-based class, we might view longer clips, and I'm okay with that. For example, um, with the ninth and 10th graders, I mentioned that we're doing a unit called You Believe What? So we've been trying to talk about cultural differences, particularly between the West and the East. And there's a really great recent film called The Farewell, um, which is about a Chinese-American woman whose grandmother is dying in China, but the family decides not to tell the grandmother because they think it would simply speed up her death. So 
the film is constantly wrestling with questions about individualism versus collectivism. Um, we talked about whether it's okay to lie. Is there such a good, is there such a thing as a good lie? So um, with that film, I didn't really use it to focus on grammar or anything like that. I used it mainly for discussion. So we'd watch a 10 to 20 minute segment pause it and then have a few discussion questions to, to really help explore the idea of cultural beliefs and cultural differences. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. That'd be a very interesting lesson in the class to be in. That's great. It reminds me, I was in a conference in Kosovo a few years ago and a colleague presented uh, another idea with using films, actually having the film silent and the students just watch a clip of the film and they have to become the actors. So they have to make up the dialogue based on the scene that they see in the movie, which also can be pretty entertaining and engaging for them to come up with their own vocabulary, what they think is being said, what they think is happening in the scene of the movie. So these are all great ideas that you've shared with us. Go ahead. Definitely. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that that activity you mentioned, um, if teachers then play the clip, then they can check their, their, their dialogue that they had written. And it, I think it helps their listening very well. Definitely. I think these are all great ways to do all the four main areas we focus on, in addition to other things like punctuation and spelling, without doing overly traditional stuff of just listen to this fill out the worksheet, write this paragraph, talk to your neighbor about this. I think using films and YouTube is a way to do all this stuff, but in a more engaging way that can increase participation. Right, I totally agree. Well, we really appreciate all these wonderful ideas you've shared with our listeners. And we look forward to hopefully having you come back to share with us next month in February. We're going to be doing a series on games, integrating games into your classroom. And technology and games often go hand in hand these days, especially with our COVID reality around the world. So um, hopefully Chris will be able to come back and talk to us about Kahoot and Quizlet and Nearpod, some other new and interesting games to use in your classroom. So thank you so much for your time today, Chris. We really appreciate you joining us from China and Wish you all the best in all of your teaching endeavors over there. Thanks so much for having me. Be safe. Follow us on our website, ttelt.org, for prior and new upcoming podcasts. Our Facebook, TTELT group, Instagram at t.ttelt, and Twitter at ttelt1. Thanks for joining us today. Mm -hmm.